This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 447 for the week of June 24th, 2018. Welcome back, everyone, to Kanzen Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kanzen Shu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball GT in hopes of enlightening it a little bit. Of entertaining. Hey, sorry, we took a little time off again. Did we? Did we really? Yeah. How much time was it? It was three months this time. What? I know. It was was yesterday that you were here, Jeff, recording the last one. Feels like it. Three? Three months. It was three. And granted, Jeff, you went on a cruise. Uh, I went on a cruise. Um, I finished the school year. Oh, dear. It's been busy. (laughs) It's been busy for everyone. Uh, We have returned for the next entry in our Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness. Here, as always, uh, Mary, hello. Hi there. You, You ready for more? Grand touring? I am. Actually, we're done touring. We're back I, I'm home. a little sad about that. And then uh, the newbie perspective, Jeff returns from Ye Olden Manga Review of Awesomeness now into the Dragon Ball GT Review of Awesomeness. Indeed. And uh, and and so far enjoying things as they are. It's been weird. We're enjoying GT. That just leaves me. My name is Mike. Uh, I'm always here. For what it's worth, I'm a little bit of a newbie to this as well. Yeah, the span here. I've only watched about half of GT, and, and, and these episodes we watched today I've never seen before in my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess let's just get on into it. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of news we could cover, but for these review episodes, I like I like to keep it just the review, just the review. Well, it's, yeah, while well, it's fresh in our heads, let's get it all out there. So uh, come back next time, maybe for some news coverage and all that jazz. But for here, we are going to be covering Dragon Ball GT episodes 28 through 31. Let's go. <laughs> So for those of you perhaps joining us for the first time or joining us in progress, this is our Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness. We cover the entirety of the original manga over a period of years uh, with our buddy Jeff here. Jeff came in as the new fan perspective, someone a little familiarity through fan subs and maybe some tsunami broadcasts. Uh, here we've moved on to Dragon Ball GT and it's entirely new for Jeff. It's halfway new for Mary and I can't tell what my percentage is of GT when I'm watching I no, it seems like every time we watch it, you change the percentage of how much you think you've seen before. Right. It goes up and down as I go. I feel like you're 75% to 80%. Yeah, that seems about right. Completeness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what we do is we go around and when we get those uh, different perspectives on, have you seen it before? Have you not? What do you think about it? Regardless of whether you've seen it, uh, we give a little rundown of what happened in these particular episodes and we chat about it and we have predictions every time from Jeff. We check in on those predictions, see how well or how poorly he did. And then we make a new batch of predictions and we check in on that again next time. Uh, we are well into the baby arc of Dragon Ball GT. And we also have some ground rules. We do. Uh, Mary, why don't you introduce our ground rules for the Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness in 2018? So it is very, very tempting to compare what we are watching to what we've just seen in Dragon Ball Super. It's, it's fresh in our heads. It's new content. There's a lot of parallels, but we're going to do our best to absolutely treat this as its own entity, as if we were watching this for the first time in the mid-90s without any context or interference from Dragon Ball Super. That being said, you may hear us reference some movies at some point during this review of awesomeness. The only thing I want to add to that is we should have finished the GT review of awesomeness by the time Super came around. So we're kind of treating it in that in-between period where, yes, it exists. 
We're going to ignore it for now. There's plenty of time down the road. Super's not going anywhere. It is now uh, a piece of Dragon Ball history. Plenty of time to uh, do that analysis later on. So let's just get into things here, folks. Dragon Ball GT, episode 28. Goku returns. All of Earth is my enemy. So Goku, Pond, and Trunks have returned. The first stop is at Dende's with the Dragon Balls. Uh, they have a conundrum of wishing Goku back to his adult form, but that's just going to result in another explosion, right? Uh, they're not going to worry about that right now, so they hand over the ultimate Dragon Balls. <gasps> However, Dende has been infected, but they don't know when they fly off. Satan has been hiding inside Boo this whole time to avoid danger. There's a kind of a, a riot outside his home here. Uh, an egg of babies has been inside Boo the whole time too, but Boo wrapped it up and it's one of those, uh, Boo's magical, so it doesn't affect him. Although in his words, he said, it wasn't yummy, so I didn't eat it. Right. <laughs> Which is totally boo. Meanwhile, Goku and Pong go back home. But things are a little strange at home. Gil senses danger at Capsule Corporation. He and Trunks have gone back there. Vegeta welcomes Trunks back, but... He transforms. He is not Vegeta. He is Baby Vegeta. And during this confrontation, Baby uh, reveals that he laid an egg inside of Trunks during their previous encounter. So Trunks isn't off scot-free here either. In addition to Chi-Chi and Videl being taken over, Goten and Gohan are here and everyone's taken over. Uh, they begin attacking Goku and Pan. Satan and Boo show up to let Goku know that it is Baby who is controlling everyone on Earth. And at that point, baby Vegeta shows up, and that brings episode 28 to a close. We move on to Dragon Ball GT episode 29. This is super awful. Super Saiyan 3 is defeated. So following up on things, Boo saves Pan and Satan by turning them into cookies and flying away with them. Uh, baby Vegeta uses a big bang attack, except it's kind of like a final flash hand motion. So who knows what's going on there? Uh, evil Trunks arrives and Evil Bra is alongside. Goku finally decides to bust out Super Saiyan 3. He's just been standing around in his base form this whole time, but his body cannot handle the power being so small. And then there's a really super awkward bite on baby Vegeta and there's weird camera motion and fading and things get a little strange for a while here in Dragon Ball GT. Anyway, all the evil people are lending their Saiya power to baby and he is going to transform and he in fact does transform. We now have a uh, super baby two, not named in the episode itself, but that is the name attributed to this character and this form. Uh, we get an evil Genki Dama sort of kind of thing from all the humans on earth. This is baby Vegeta's revenge death ball and he throws it down at Goku. Is Goku dead? Boo looks back and he says that Goku's key is no longer there. Baby's plan is to bring back Planet Plant. Brings that episode to a close. We move on to Dragon Ball GT episode 30. Goku is annihilated. I'm dead. What? So am I. Wait, what? <laughs> I skipped episode titles while we were watching. So Baby sits upon a throne somewhere and he summons Shenlong from the Ultimate Dragon Balls. He creates a new plant and the Dragon Balls scatter again. So Goku now is actually not dead. He's in this void place with Sugoro. Sugoroku space in a board game kind of thing, kind of fighting to remain alive. It's basically Mario Party, sort of, kind of. But life-size. Life. Goku has a uh, difficult time dealing with the riddles here. Meanwhile, Baby and the others return to Capsule Corporation, and Evil Bulma has a new spaceship for her baby-sama. There are more bad puns, and the dude's been cheating the whole time. Um, and then Goku sucks his tears back into his face. 
out of context, that makes no sense. Uh, even in context, I'm not entirely sure that that makes much sense. They still keep going with this game. But there was game. a straw sound effect. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, Baby gets ready to head to his new planet, Sufudu. That brings that episode to a close. We go on to the final episode we are covering here on our review, episode 31 of Dragon Ball GT. What a surprise, Sugoroku's space's big collapse. So it's getting hot in here, and there's flames and lava and all that stuff. The die said owie. That's a little strange. So Goku attempts to throw the die back down into the lava again. It turns out they're not quite evil, but they're space Tanuki. The joke is real this time. They're actually just space Tanuki. And they were cheating the whole time. Uh, so the whole area starts to collapse. It seems they, they broke the rules. Uh, Goku decides he's just going to blow them out of there. So uh, the only thing Goku knows how to do is let's fire a Kamehameha and <laughs> see what happens. Uh, Kibito Kaioshin comes in. Kibito Shin. No, they call him Kibito Kaioshin in the dialogue there. Teleports in and saves them, which is actually something he had done previously. But I guess the energy from the revenge death ball knocked Goku into this alternate plane of existence or whatever. Uh, so now Goku is in the Kaioshin realm and they're going to train him. Baby has a whole line of people ready to go off into space. Everyone's incredibly excited to go off with Baby-sama to colonize the new planet. Uh, Boo decides to take on a face to disguise himself, and uh, if you aren't paying attention, that is indeed the Barry Karn face that he took on back in Dragon Ball, or Dragon Ball Z, I suppose, if you were watching the show. Boo cuts in front of Kududin, and there's everyone's kind of in character, but also Baby-infected, which is kind of fantastic. Like He's afraid of his wife a little bit, and she's kind of disappointed in him. It's all kind of strange. But uh, Boo uh, makes the cut by cutting in line, so he's going to be going off to the planet with uh, the other 100, I guess 99, lucky people there. So back in the Kaioshin realm, Goku is grinding coffee for the elder Kaioshin. Uh, Goku isn't entirely sure if this is training or if Kaioshin just wants to drink coffee. Uh, my guess is that it's a little bit of both here. Meanwhile, up on Sufuru, Pan just wants everyone to shit. <laughs> She has brought laxative pills with her and just starts throwing them into everyone. Her grand plan is everyone's going to shit out the baby eggs and they'll revert to normal. Uh, Gohan and Videl jump in. However, uh, they are infected and they decide that they are going to, uh, well, she's not going to play along. So they're going to have to kill her per baby's orders. Goku sees this all going on the crystal ball. He stops grinding the coffee. What is he going to do? He's not strong enough. Super Saiyan 3 can't do it. He can't handle it in that body. He doesn't have the strength. Oob shows up. Everyone remember Oob from Dragon Ball GT Episode 1 and the end of Dragon Ball? Oob is here. That brings Dragon Ball GT Episode 31 to a close. Jeff, let's check in on your predictions from last time here on the show. Oh, God. I'm I know fascinated. They're, they're terrible. They're terrible. I think your predictions are probably better suited for what are the next batch of episodes. Probably. We'll, we'll talk about that, though. Uh, so what did you say? You said they're going to be fighting Baby. There's no real way around it. I mean, that's less of a prediction, more just an obvious statement. Indeed. Yep. Um, yep. Goku fought Baby for Did a happen. Bit and, yep. yep. That happened. Uh, but if they fight Vegeta, they're not going to want to kill him because he's just infected. It's, uh, yeah. That's true. We got that. It, it didn't uh, really come up in conversation. No, it didn't. It, it, it kind of did. Uh, Goku was ready to take baby Vegeta on. Uh, that's when Boo showed up and Satan came. was like, hey, actually, they're all infected. And Goku's like, oh, all right, I guess I can't just murderly everyone. But that had less to do with, oh, we must protect Vegeta and, and more. He yeah. just flat out didn't know he was possessed. Right, right. Jeff, you're saying, let's not forget our trio has the Dragon Balls. That's uh, how we ended our last review episode. Uh, they finally got... 
them all. They were heading back to space. You thought there was going to be some kind of connection between Baby and the Dragon Balls. Uh, you knew Baby was going to be there on Earth. You thought there was something more explicitly connected between the two. Not really. I mean, he used them, but uh, his existence had nothing to do with them. There was really no connection there. Yeah, no, not not in the way that I think I was originally intending with that prediction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you said this is a perfect opportunity to go get the other characters. It was a little bit of a leading question. You actually did start with Boo. You're like, hey, where is Boo? And I was like, hey, remember there's also someone else from... And you remembered Oob's name all on your own. You did get there. We, we kicked you oh, a little really? bit down that the road. Oh, That was a prediction? A yeah. push and a shove, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, you got there, mostly on your own. Uh, and Oob did indeed show up at the, the very end wow. here. Smart. That I needed a push because there's no way I would have gotten that on my own. <laughs> well, I mean, that was our own fault for having uh, taken so long trying to get to this point in our review cycle, uh, years and months in between review episodes. But anyway, where do we want to start? Can I kind of just start us off with the Sugoroku space thing? You could have had just exactly as did happen, where Kaioshin comes in teleports Goku away from the revenge death ball. He could have just teleported Goku to the Kaioshin realm and everything else would have been exactly the same. We didn't need this span of basically three episodes of this board game thing. It served no purpose. It was like two episodes, but yeah. But you're saying that it's like flawed logic that he was there in the first place? No, I'm, I'm saying that. So we, we saw Kaioshin come in and teleport Goku away at the very last second from right. being hit by the death ball. Right. I'm saying rather than, oh, and then the death ball, its energy, like somehow transported him, warped him through space. Forget all that entirely. Just have him transport back to the Kaioshin realm because that's where he ultimately ended up anyway. That was and, really flaky at that point. And yeah. everything in the meantime served no storytelling purpose. It was just a means to get Goku out of the action longer. Yeah, I suppose. That's what they're looking for. Because I was for. trying to rationalize this in my head as well, and that was the only conclusion I came up with. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I, I you know, funny enough, it's it's funny when you have a fantastic or or, or, or fantasy situation or fantasy world, yeah. where even in that instance, you still have to have a line somewhere of believability. Yeah, right. Like the whole thing is preposterous, but we're gonna. Exactly cut the logic off at this one part <laughs> but i'm saying a board game in an alternate half death realm that's where i draw the line <laughs> right exactly right where are your standards in this case yeah. i was okay with it relatively even though it would have been nice to have gotten a better explanation because i'll i'll just fully admit that my brain turned off when he was explaining uh exactly why goku ended up in this realm yeah and i just i don't know i just flat out accepted it because ooh pretty colors yeah. Uh, yeah, I liked it also because it was a different setting, but I think it went on a half episode too long. I think an entire episode or even two. It was really only around for two. I don't know why he was in disguise as like the game master kind of guy rather than a space tanuki. Instead of just staying as a tanuki. Well, because he had to have his son be the die so he could cheat. Oh, so I okay, guess gotcha. if you're going to have one transform, you may as well transform two. Well, another thing, too, is that Tanuki are uh, traditionally pranksters in Japanese lore. Sure. And so if right. the Tanuki was there from the get go, uh, that would have been just right there, a sign that something's up. I mean, even though uh, granted, this is a gambling world and a Tanuki kind of fits within that context. I do feel that if the character was that way, then maybe the Japanese audience would have thought right away something's up. They would have up. gotten it right away. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even we're thinking that, but it definitely would have. Yeah, sure. But I find yeah. it interesting that when he introduces himself at first, he says, I'm, uh, I'm Suguro the gangster. So yeah. he had to introduce that he was a gangster right off the bat. I, you know, 
that to me was actually a little suspect from the beginning because you just have a name or you don't even give your name. You're just there being the the guardian between uh, heaven and uh, you know purgatory, I guess. But the fact that he had to bring out his uh, uh, occupation to me sounds like he was trying to cover something up. So I actually feel that works pretty well in that context. I'm just going to read what Jake's explanation is for the, the characters' names because he already wrote it. So I may as well just read what Jake explained. Uh, this name comes from Sugoroku, a Japanese dice game. Goro is an actual Japanese given name. Sugoro's son's name, Kogoro, is another actual given name and is simply the kanji for little added on to Goro, making an appropriate name for little space tanuki. So it is the kind of thing where in Japanese, there's enough of a hint there for you if you're kind of paying attention along with what's being said but yeah i think if they were explicitly shown as evil space tanuki it would have been even more obvious than it was there in general i thought some of the gags in there were okay uh, i like the puns and the riddles uh, goku guessing his friends's names <laughs> was was cute but there was just too much of it i, I see a rash- rationalization of keeping goku away for a while it was just too much for me, and it ultimately felt to me like within these four episodes, we only had about two episodes worth of content. I agree. That's interesting you guys say that, because I actually felt that, well, I don't know, if it was taken out or something else was there instead that made time move a little faster, it may have been more appropriate. I don't know what uh, else it would have done. That's the thing. Well, it's not just that, but I think that something we can't overlook is just how serious of a situation we're in on Earth. Right. And it's so, I mean, it's just so bad to me. I want to compare it to, and spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the series, but please, it's been more than 20 years, Berserk. We're at the last episode, everything, well, I mean, starting with of the, the original yeah, series, the original right? anime, right. Uh, so everything goes to shit in like the second to last episode. Right. And then like all of your favorite characters are getting mutilated in horrible, horrible ways. Like, you know, the, the whole realm of reality in, in that universe is just completely shifted. And it really just uh, makes everything like just super depressing, especially because they end it that way. But when we're looking at and not to say that exactly that happens here, but when you look at the per- uh, from the perspective of Pan, she is having to endure so much of this world upside down where everyone she loves uh, is 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 really gone from their original persona and right. it's hitting her hard. And you see that in a lot of instances where uh, she's expecting them to act normally and you would think she'd get the hint that, you know, the baby's taken over, but uh, her character does not seem to ever want to uh, adapt to this reality and so because you're in this perspective you're getting like this really uh horrible shift yeah. where really nothing is the way it is and it just keeps getting worse and i actually think that the silliness of this gambling world offsets that yeah. that mm. heaviness very very well and i actually feel that if they had done something different than what it was it had to be lighthearted or silly in this way because uh you know they're not going to go full berserk they're going to try and lighten the mood <laughs> right. as much as they can but they're dealing with some really serious stuff happening on earth and so it had to really juxtapose yeah, yeah. Uh, uh that seriousness with something lighthearted. so sure. i feel it did a good job in that respect but i can see the perspective where it was just two episodes of really nothing happening yeah. otherwise well two things there yeah i i totally agree pond seems like she's the only one who's uh, acknowledged just how bad it is but still wants to do something about it uh, she's the one who's dragging Boo and Satan along kicking and screaming uh, Satan's happy to get into Boo and just be like alright peace out we'll deal with this later some other time we'll find some other way to do it Palm wants to get into the action there uh, but then to your point about it not getting too dark I mean that's the kind of thing Toriyama says and specifically said with Battle of Gods uh, when they were scripting that is I can't let things get too dark it still has to have some kind of levity and humor to it um, 
you know, combined, contrasting against each other, so it's not completely dark. Um, and GT does have a lot of darkness going on right now. I mean, yeah, Earth is fucked and everyone's taken over, and that's kind of that, and Goku's not there, so... But it's just crazy that just occasion after occasion, the stakes just get higher and higher, and that's what I actually really liked about this stretch of four episodes, Mm -hmm. is that you could get the sense that danger was going to keep going, and I mean, what a brilliant move to um, to take the stance of, well, we've conquered Earth, let's now throw in another planet, let's expand, Mm -hmm. and not just start doing like a multi-planet takeover but rather doing this like slow invasion almost and then you know strengthening the base if you will yeah i mean that was i mean i think that's a solid move because that's really fortifying a position more so than you know divide and conquer strategy that you would see with a lot of other bad guys where when they have power they you know try and uh spread out as fast as I'm possible take over the universe and we've also never seen a wish like that before unless we did in the movies and i'm just forgetting but just that concept of uh make me a new planet well i mean we got new planet namek but I mean, that was kind of almost off screen in mm-hmm. many ways is, oh, OK, we resolved the Namekians over there. And uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I think it's a good point. We, we have a very focused takeover and a very focused goal. And he effectively achieves his goal. He, he got his new power and he's got his new planet and he's going to go off and, and infect the world starting here. Uh, let's talk about baby a little bit. So we have. Uh, our new baby Vegeta design uh, toward the beginning of these episodes here. Just kind of like silver, slick back hair. Still Vegeta's raw design overall, but like the crosses on the eyes. Uh, we do get a transformation into Super Baby 2 when the Saya power is uh, kind of thrown into him here. Can I just say, Mike, that I never would have predicted that in, in general. I did not think that we were going to have... A, a form evolution of baby mm-hmm. at all through this process. Um, I mean, because he was just infecting, and then you know they would look a little different, the red eyes and that kind of thing. But, right, yeah. right. But to actually take the the cumulative power from from everybody on the right. planet and then become another form. I would have never seen that coming. coming. I was actually really surprised by that. And I think it's more of a naive take because how many times have we seen that with other bad guys? Right. We know baby is the actual villain now as opposed to when we had like Rilled and the hell else even was there logic and uh mew that was that yeah, was right yeah of course right right exactly <laughs> I already, forgot. already forgot about him so it's the real antagonist here so of course he's going to have a transformation what did you think about the design for super baby 2 here uh we got kind of like the shoulder things going off his hair is doing more of like this forward swoopy thing rather than it was a nice callback back. to baby's first appearance right where his his head form was a little swoopy. Yeah, yeah. And he had like the big shoulder pads, I think. Yeah. I'm going to go with slightly underwhelming. Yeah. Slightly. Because I was hoping for, I don't know what I was really expecting with that. I mean, I remember distinctly the pan up as we see what this new form looks like. Yes. And I was distracted by his quads. Well, <laughs> that's, where, that. that's where I stopped watching. It was like, oh, your legs are cool. Oh, wait, there's the rest of you. I don't care. Yeah. That, you know, it, that's funny because I was, uh, I saw the, the muscles kind of in the same shape as they were, as they were panning up and going. Okay, I'm not seeing much change here, and then all I'm seeing are these height and shoulder blades, and that's about all I get. So, they, yeah, okay, it's it's an ev- it's an evolved form of this bad guy, but that's uh, that's all you got. Okay, all right, I've seen it before. I think Frieza did it, right? Yeah, it's it's not a Toriyama design for sure. It's a little over designed. Yeah. Um, but there's something about it. It's maybe it's the color scheme to me. I like the reds and the yellows. It's very primary driven. Yeah. Something about it to me just just really works. And it kind of contrasts, I guess, everyone else's color scheme. Mm-hmm. 
which is like secondary colors. Right. We're because talking... Gohan's wearing like green and purple. And we get white shirts a lot. And white and... shirts with purple pants. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of colors, something uh, I, I've always noticed in the back of my head, but I only finally just put it into words today as we were watching this. Uh, everyone's designs in Dragon Ball GT. Yeah, it's, it's some of the pastel colors, but there's always just a little bit of a, a change to them. Obviously, it's, you know. We're doing character designs for a new show. It's going to look slightly different. Except for Boo. Boo looks exactly the same proportions and curves. Everything about that character design for GT looks identical to how he looked in Z. And I think part of that is his pink color. It just, uh, the way that contrasts. With and the roundness. Else. I mean, you can't yeah. really make him angular. Right, right. You can't do much else there. Mr. Satan, however, looks pretty significantly different. <laughs> and I commented on that. I'm like, did you just get even shorter? Right, he's getting older every time we see him. So I, he's I think all, it makes he's sense. like verging on an SG kind of character. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about voice actors a little bit here. Uh, we're not going to talk about Dragon Ball Super, but I do want to acknowledge that we're watching an older show here uh, and to still hear uh, Joji Yanami as a narrator in his still prime at that point, And in particular, Daisuke Gori here as Mr. Satan. Uh, it makes me long for the past of uh, still having a lot of people either still with us, um, not ill. And then, of course, Hiromi Sudu, who is uh, playing evil Bulma. We're going to get more of her in the future. But also Bra over there on the side, too. So kind of the... I'm glad they remembered Bra existed. Yes. Everyone remembered. Eventually, everyone remembered that Bra and that existed. that she was half sign. And can we say about Dragon Ball GT how they remembered how old Maron is supposed to be? Just saying. Uh, can we talk about Baby's voice actor? I want to talk about Yusuke Numata here. Uh, played, obviously, Baby when he was his little bluish globby kind of thing uh but then we'll take over as the voice actor when he infects the characters so we've gotten quite a bit of him before but him in particular in vegeta's body feels like he is uh, really taking on this role as himself uh so tell me about hearing vegeta with this voice uh and just how he's kind of growing into and uh giving these really snide deliveries what do you think there's only like one or two lines he delivered where i felt like he really nailed vegeta mm-hmm. otherwise he just sounded like like a dude talking in Vegeta's body. Right, because he's not really Vegeta anymore. He he truly is baby, but I feel like uh, he's still got, I don't know, just the arrogance is doubling <laughs> inside him there, maybe. I would agree with that. I think, um, yeah, apart from just maybe like one or two lines, it did feel like a separate character. But I guess that's kind of the point when you have this complete takeover of this person's body and then uh, so much so that they transform. Uh, I think it makes sense that the vocal characteristic uh, kind of matches that whole thing. And I just have to say, like, I, I think the vocal deliveries across these episodes have just been terrific. Yeah. They're I actually really enjoyed. Everyone's uh, amazing. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> like, you can tell they're just pros. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this these are experienced pros uh, doing years of this at this point. So, I mean, there's nothing bad I could say about the dubbing on this. Uh, at least the Japanese dubbing. Japanese. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, no, it's it's just incredibly smooth. If anything, I just feel the animation, I wish, would be up to par uh, a lot of the time. Yeah, the the first two we watched here were definitely a little blobby. I actually like the, the first one. The second one was like, oh, it's a bad character designer whose name I can't remember. Triangle guy. So, Mary, uh, indeed, uh, episode 29 was uh, Masayuki Uchiyama again. It's like every time we have an Uchiyama episode, <laughs> you definitely pick up on that. Oh, of course I do. And uh, episode 31 was actually Tadayoshi Yamamuro himself. I, I feel like that was the best looking episode. Right. Is, yeah, I feel and, like the bookends of yeah. what we watched tonight were like the better <laughs> looking of the, uh, the the four episodes that yeah, we watched Yeah, uh, 30 was Takeo Ide and then 31 was Yamamuro himself there. So it works when Yamamuro comes in in, in the 90s anyways and, and does a good cleanup job on the important stuff here. I kind of don't 
dislike the big noses he puts on the characters in GT. Yeah, I mean, part of that is also Kazuyoshi Nakatsuru's underlying character designs, too. Mm -hmm. But I think individual artists and animators on top of those characters' designs do a little bit more or less with the noses at times. GT in general, I feel, has bigger noses. Yeah, they do. Let me ask you, and Jeff, you're not going to know this because you didn't watch this, uh, the Garlic Jr. filler arc in the Dragon Ball Z TV series uh, was not in the manga, it was filler. Uh, was a, a mini arc where we effectively had all of our heroes' friends infected and taken over. That thought crossed my mind. I was wondering if you were going to go there. Yeah. Um. So we've we've had this before, and even Dragon Ball Z movie two, in a way. Uh, if you want to talk about Doctor Wiro taking over like Piccolo, that is very condensed. You know, one-offs there, but Garlic Jr. in particular with the the mist uh, infecting everyone. Uh, baby's laying eggs here, but it's still you know our heroes and our friends attacking. You know, kind of the 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 sole person who's there and hasn't been infected. It feels a little bit of a retread. If, to me, it feels different enough, and there's been enough time in between. That, yeah. All right. And same I think thing, this was but... better executed. Yeah. It's a little bit sure. more sinister, and it was just Pawn. It's like, oh wait, no, was Goku there too? Yeah, it was Goku and Pawn because they were like, we want, we want dinner. Yeah, yeah. And they're just ignoring them. Yeah, that was kind of tough to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. That was awesome, though. <laughs> hey, silent treatment, because, I mean, I'd expect Chi-Chi to do that, but not Videl. No, of course not. Um, but just as, as we talk about GT, you know, rehashing the Sufurian revenge, I, I feel like uh, your, your family and friends being infected. Eh, we've been there, done that before. It, it needs to be acknowledged. But that being said, I think the first episode of The Four was actually my favorite from like a pacing and mood standpoint. Me too, because we weren't down in Sugoroku land. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I like I, I always love it when we deviate from the core team and we get to see sure. the supporting cast, mm -hmm. giving everyone the silent treatment and then seeing Goten and Gohan show up and you can tell they're not quite right, even though we as an audience yeah, know we that know. there's something We've seen up. It. Yeah. What else did we see in that first episode? We pretty much saw everyone, right? Was that yeah. when we first saw Mr. Satan hiding in Boo? Yep, that's where we got that all was, that. That was really solid, that too. Was super clever. I, I Just think. the whole episode from start to finish, I think of the four was the strongest because it nailed the pacing, I think it nailed the, the characters. The was probably the best all around. That's true. Um, let's talk more about that first episode that we watched there 28 was it um just having goku up there uh it was that moment where pan was effectively defeated you know they were trying to dodge those blasts and boo took her off that's when goku switches all right bitch please i'm gonna get serious now and not even the transformation but just when he uh without looking does the knock away i love that. that that was Goten like one of my favorite through. Animation moments out of yeah, the four episodes. It, it was well done from a, a character dialogue delivery standpoint. Even what little animation was in there, I, I thought that was pretty good. Just seeing Goku get serious. Uh, kind of going back to what we we're talking about with voice acting, I did want to mention this. So we have Nozawa here playing little Goku who is an adult, but is speaking with his child voice, but as an adult versus proper speaking Gohan as an adult versus kind of like middle of the road Go young ten. adult Goten. They're all distinct voices. They're all distinct deliveries. You can still tell who is talking by just listening here. She's incredible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was incredible. I just I have to give her so much credit for the amount of range she has and how good she uh, and how good a job she does at separating the different characteristics of each character. Because, yes, I could easily get confused between Goten and Gohan uh, visually. Mm -hmm. So the voice definitely I mean, in one shot, the only difference between Gohan and Goten was the direction of their hair. Right. <laughs> you're right, you're right. 
know which shot you're talking about, too. Right. <laughs> exactly. So the fact that the voices are different between them, I super appreciate that. But I mean, it's easy to overlook that sort of thing just because of how good it is. But yeah, yeah worth saying, she does an incredible job with these characters. Going back to animation, actually, because it's in and around this, I am a sucker for shots where the background is a little bit out of focus and there's a hand in the front of the screen. You only see like maybe three quarters of the hand. Like I'm, I'm about to fire a blast at you. I feel like even on bad animation days, the hands themselves are always really well drawn mm. and you got like a thick outline around that hand at the same time. That's my jam right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to see more of that. It kind of makes up for the rest of the episode. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm good now. <laughs> I'm fine. That was good. Going back while we're talking about the first episode, I want to talk yeah. a little bit about Pon. Okay. How proud she is of herself for more yeah. than half of the episode. That's how she it's sets like, up her return. And at first it comes off as annoying. It's like, bitch, you didn't do all that by yourself. But then she keeps harping on it. It's like, oh man, she really is that proud proud of herself yeah and no one cares because everyone's infected so she's actually not really bragging to anybody i feel a little bit bad now i'm i i gotta i'm not gonna disagree but i am gonna just put it out there that i really did not like her writing or or, or her the writing of her dialogue in just this episode because i felt it unjustified of a little bit for her to be so cocky about it I guess. But at the same time, if I had seen it after like just after that last episode where they had succeeded yeah, yeah. and were flying away, then you know, maybe that would feel a little bit more justified, I guess. But what really bothered me it wasn't even that. I thought that was fine. What bothered me was that when they finally get to um it's the scene where they get to Dende mm-hmm. and she's saying that she really wants Goku back as an adult more than saving the Earth now that they have all the Dragon Balls. Yeah. I saw absolutely no justification yeah, for that position. Like she should know better at this whatsoever. point. Exactly. It Goku made was no a logical sense. one there. He's like, ah, I can deal with it. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, he's seen some shit. Because like, right. he knows that it's just due to the virtue of his age, I guess. He gets the long tail game. He's like, right. this, this state of mind is just temporary. I mean, going back to the Boo arc, his long tail game there was, I mean, yes, I'm strong. Yes, I can defeat Boo. But we need the kids to be able to do something you know, down the road. I'm not going to be here forever. So that this feels like a natural continuation of long tail game Goku. Yeah, Right. So for, sure. for Pond to just say, uh, to... I, don't, I mean, to me, that felt like a waste of minutes there mm. where it was just, you know, filler basically in like that small moment because she didn't have any other. There was just nothing else to basically pad that episode out. All right. Maybe but- she's just acting as a proxy to the audience members who were like, I'm sick of this kid, Goku. Give me the grown up Goku. What I was going to say is I, I think going back to Mary, your rationalization there is this is the we need time to just effectively see Dende and Popo not reacting to much. Hmm. Just kind of hmm. we get this one brief glare from Dende, but you can kind of just write it off as you know, I know I did. I there. have to admit I did not expect Dende to be evil. To be neither. So I was really surprised. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, what? But the more that they don't overreact to things and the instant that the Dragon Balls are handed over, we get that like kind of like half shaded thing going on. Uh, like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, I guess I should have seen this coming a mile away. And <clears throat> excuse me, I did. I saw that he was going to be. Oh, but I don't sure. get it. I don't get it. How did? How did? How is it possible that that person got infected when they're not on, on Earth? Earth? They're on Earth or just up in the atmosphere? That's high enough. I guess apparently not. I mean, baby can sense things. He's just gonna go up there and. But that's not explained to the audience. I guess that's okay. Uh, we don't need everything handed to us on he a got silver platter. Baby got everyone at this point. The entire Earth. The entire Earth is my enemy? Question mark! Exclamation point. But you would think as 
Kami, he would know what was coming at him. Yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be able to see all that stuff, but that doesn't mean that he's strong enough to... He's still just a teenage dende. On the other hand, we do know that Popo has uh, mastered and achieved Ultra Instinct, and he should have been able to fight <clears throat> off. Obviously. Baby, our problematic savior up in not heaven. Uh, Can I then... Um, yes, please. Let's not talk about Popo anymore. Let me add to this, though, because... Uh, to that vein, we don't see Dende getting infected. We don't see the rest of Earth really getting infected. Right. So I got to say that's um, a bit of a nice surprise because you're not you really have no I mean, you know that people are getting infected. This yeah. has happened. I mean, Vegeta obviously is. And, right. and there's that car crash where, you know, you know, uh, in the previous episode where they know that uh, this is a problem that's going to spread and whatever. But you don't yeah. see the actual process happening. So, um, you know, difficult for me right now because three months later, I kind of right, forget right. that whole thing and then have to come into it. I mean, it. we were seeing Baby going in and out of people when Goten first showed up and he was just right. taking over the regular folk. And it seems like enough time has passed. He probably took over the entire Earth. Okay, sure. So that surprise that comes in when you see that everybody's been Everyone. infected, yeah. that I think was really effective. Uh, just yeah. to the point <laughs> Baby where... Baby was effective. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And and I, I felt that was really believable just because of the, the speed in which everybody was infected. By the time they got back, it was already too late. Yeah, I thought that was great. Are we still okay with having fun with our evil friends and family? Well, they, I'm not sure what you mean. Do they look cool? Are they fun to watch this way? Well, I don't say anything, so it's a bit of a killjoy in that I way. I mean, but. we get Gohan and Goten a little bit early on. There's only on. so many evil smirks we can do, Yeah, but I don't know what else I would want out of them. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Because if they acted more evil, it wouldn't feel like them. Right. Which is why I like the Kudadin and 18 and Maron there. They're in line. He's still acting like himself. Like, oh, I can't wait to go off into space with Baby-sama. But I'm still scared of my wife. Is that your Terry Clayson impression? Oh, my God. I guess it was. <laughs> yeah. Evil Bulma is going to be pretty good. So just yes. hold, on, hold on tight for that. I do love Evil Bulma. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Uh, I guess let's talk about Oob. So let's shows up out of nowhere Oob. at the very end here. I was surprised. I mean, yes, that makes sense. So we know we still have some other friends out there. I mean, Tenshin Han is a character. Yamcha is a character. Oob is a character. He kicked off Dragon Ball GT with us. Um, the end of Dragon Ball was here is the reincarnation of Majin Buu's spirit. This is going to be the thing that Goku... New hotness. Yeah. And here we are 30 episodes, thirty odd episodes later, and now Oob is back. Uh, I, I guess it makes sense. You know, we have our villain transformed up to this horrible state. Is this the, the place and time for Oob? I want to know where he's been hiding. What's he been doing? How did he not get infected? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And also, who's his voice actor? Oob is played by Atsushi Kisaichi. That is a hell of a name. Well, I just have to say that it was refreshing to see that... Uh, uh, I, you know, at, at first notice that Oob is back, my first thought is, oh, what is he going to sound like? Because last time we saw him... It was the first episode of GT. It's been a long time. Yeah. And in that first episode, he was a kid. Still had the kind no, of kid... No, he's the same... He's roughly the same age. Really? Same yeah, voice I mean, they make that? a point to say like, oh, Oob is now bigger and older, or however they phrased it here. But I mean, I, or maybe Buffer. I forget is exactly. Is Burly or something it. like yeah, that? Yeah, maybe that was it. So uh, maybe he's just continued his training uh, in the meantime as Goku has been away. Uh, a lot of the people that we're hearing from in uh, GT here, uh, Kisa Ishii in particular, as well as Nuita, who played Baby, they all did incidental roles. 
elsewhere in the Dragon Ball franchise. So Baby's voice actor, uh, Yusuke Numata, uh, he played Ikose, he played Jewel, uh, he did Gregory Ashley and Kai and Super. Uh, he did <laughs> Robber, Shopkeeper. Like, these people do lots of one-offs, and uh, they're finally getting a chance to do uh, a little more here in GT. One uh, other voice actor I do want to mention is uh, we have, I hate to phrase it this way, but we have the B-tier voice for Kaioshin. Uh, does Kaioshin only in GT, and then I think in Super, not in Kai. Kai was the original uh, Yuji Mitsuya, but playing the... Uh, the B team coming in for Kaioshin is Shinichiro Ota. He's not as good as Mitsuya, but he's perfectly serviceable oh, yeah. and he's always there. Like even nowadays, he's always there ready to take on the role of Kaioshin. So that's kind of strange to me. Like he's the backup voice actor. He just continues to be there. I guess when they can't afford Mitsuya, I don't know. <laughs> or when he's busy. Between this review of awesomeness and the previous one, I'm definitely feeling like, huh, these batches of episodes are actually better than I was expecting, mm-hmm. especially considering how shoddy things were maybe a dozen episodes ago. Right. This is really refreshing. Yeah, as we were getting to Mew, kind of the head of the Dr. Mew stuff, we were really checking out at that point. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh my planets God. and yep. it Just we... We were done with all that stuff. And like that, uh, the series really did kind of take a turn uh, in its storytelling here. And uh, we mentioned this last time, but it's really curious how GT abandons what it initially set out to do, which was be a space adventure. And we just were back on Earth as a fight, fight, fight show. And suddenly it's more interesting that way. But it just kind of And I'm like, I should be disappointed about that. It's like, damn it. Well, I applaud them for trying to do something different and it just didn't work. And they're resting on their laurels again. But it seems better that way yeah so i'm a little sad yeah i'm i agree i'm internally torn on oh i wanted something different but i'm enjoying the the safe storytelling at the same time i don't know i'm not entirely sure what to think about uh when it comes to these episodes because i think i was the most positive when it came to the the muse stuff and then coming into this, I, you you were either hundred or zero percent on Doctor Mew at different times. Ugh, yeah. yeah, it just it it really depended. But I mean, uh, with this stretch, it's been great. Well, I just want to mention in the last episode, yeah, that I was not a huge fan of the whole idea of Pond with the laxatives. It was weird. It I was mean, weird. That that's the perfect plan for someone her age. It's not really thinking. Makes sense to her. It's like they would have pooped eventually, and even then, they wouldn't have pooped out the eggs. I mean, they all started having a terrible reaction to it. Where did she get it, for well, starters? The, the thing is, though, well, yes, we have no idea where she got those pills. I have a huge problem with that. But I actually really liked the idea that people are all pooping themselves on this planet because that that to me is so Toriyama so I thought that maybe that was like hey uh, can you throw in something and then like that's his contribution just real quick uh, speaking of Toriyama I, I think the best joke in everything that we saw so far was Kaioshin uh, going uh, there the tru- is no god there truly is no god and them reacting <laughs> like is it okay for us to say that <laughs> that was oh, great anyway continue. that was wonderful yeah but I just don't understand how she could throw these pills out and they magically <laughs> magically <laughs> I mean, look, I understand that she's like... Everyone's just slack-jaw standing there. She's part saying, so it makes sense if she were to, like, throw a pill at each person and get it. I would have been much more accepting of that than just 
throwing out a handful and like thousands are raining from the sky. Like it made no sense to me whatsoever. You know, I guess your line of disbelief is pill popping. <laughs> Mine is board game death dimension. The know. line of disbelief has been challenged so much at this point. It's like a rubber band that just keeps pushing back it's and true. forth. It's totally true. Yeah, that was weird. Do you want to make predictions for next time? Hmm. So we've left it where we've got this new planet, Sufudu. Baby has effectively enslaved Earth. Uh, he's even got his sexy evil wife there alongside with mm-hmm. him. New spaceship, new planet. Goku is off in the Kaioshin realm, uh, but Oob has appeared at the last second to rescue Pan, and he looks like he's going to challenge Baby, do something there. Uh, so that's where we are. Where do you see this heading next? Well, I could make a huge prediction at this point and okay. say that, I mean, as impossible as this is, but let me ask a question first. The Earth Dragon Balls, those are gone, right? Like those are those are destroyed, like not in existence anymore. Well, Dende is the current god of Earth, so he's alive, but he's infected. So, uh, I mean, my if we're gonna go with unbelievable logic, I would assume Baby would either you know have them locked up or destroyed, or if he even knows about them. Uh, I don't remember what the status of having wishes. I don't think they've made a wish on the Earth Dragon Balls. This is the problem where we watch too many months in between things um theoretically they exist because dende is still alive okay right so but they couldn't use it to save the earth because they were earth dragon balls right because the ultimate dragon balls the black star ones those are the ones that were used to originally make that wish they did bring them back but then baby used those to wish for his new planet and they've scattered across the universe again so we know that earth is going to explode and they don't have those ultimate dragon balls anymore but could they use the regular dragon balls to get goku back to regular form uh, I think their logic is no because the ultimate Dragon Balls were used to make that wish in the first place. And All right. they can't use just the lowly Earth Dragon Balls to override the wish of these more powerful Dragon Balls. So maybe you see where I was going with that, where they would get the, the, Earth, Dragon the Earth Dragon Balls to get Goku back, and mm-hmm. then he would be better to train to then take over, or at least in Super Saiyan sure. 3 form, be better than uh, right. Baby. Because his handicap right now is child body. I can't sustain Super Saiyan 3. Right. I'm pretty sure we saw earlier on he can't even teleport uh, in this form, so... Yeah, it's tough. And and we can't get a dragon radar for the intergalactic Dragon Balls because whoever would make it has been infected. And is Gil dead? We haven't even <laughs> talked about Gil. Oh. Gil is dead. Gil is dead. <laughs> like for reals? Gil seems to be dead. I'll make a prediction that he is not dead. That he's not dead dead. Like like maybe he's Trunks. off. <laughs> look, if Trunks can, can, can fix a car... <laughs> during a uh, uh what an is it catch. called look an it took me 20 years to realize in the eye catch that trunks fixes it on the b side of That's the eye cute. catch this is one of the funniest things that happened during this viewing session by the way was, was mike noticing that trunks can fix a car and for me it's like well shit of course he can because i mean yeah obviously he can but i, I didn't piece together that's actually what is happening in that like it, I always knew, yeah, the car breaks and then comes back to, oh, but Trunks is specifically there fixing it in the eye catch. So he could right. theoretically fix Gil, yeah. which means they get their dragon radar but back. Trunks is but Trunks right is infected right yep. So, uh, So, right, my, my prediction of uh, get the Dragon Balls and fix it completely out of the water. Go off into space direction. again for 30 episodes. Can't, and... While Oob is, you know, like pressing for time or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's not going to happen. So, uh, I mean, obviously Oob is going to stall for time while mm-hmm. Goku trains. And so I can only imagine that we're going to have a lot of fighting between Oob and Baby while okay. uh, Goku is training. Um, it's just interesting, though, that once all of these beings on Earth have contributed their 
their their evil or power or whatever to baby. So everyone, we have the four half signs that contributed their Saya power, which we're not talking about Dragon Ball Super, but we are invoking Battle of Gods, which was released before Dragon Ball Super and brand is Dragon Ball Z, so we're allowed to mention it. No review. Uh, the Super Saiyan God ritual, it seems... Very familiar <laughs> to what happened here. But yes, so the, the Saiya power came in to uh, pump him up to Super Baby 2. But even uh, everyone else, the infected people on Earth, they donated their energy. And that's how he did the revenge death ball in particular. So it's safe to say that basically all beings on Earth except for Baby uh, have any sort of power to them. Yeah, everyone has some amount of key to them. Uh, that's how Goku was able to create the Genkidama that defeated Boo. Mr. Satan helped him, even if it's a little bit. Uh, they're contributing something. And maybe it's revenge power that mm-hmm. they're contributing at mm-hmm. this point. Who knows? Well, it's it's interesting because um, since Oob is going to be fighting Baby and Baby has all this concentrated power. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, I mean, if you destroy Baby, I would think the power would stay within Baby and therefore like all the Saiyan power that has been taken from them probably can't get returned back. So that can't happen because... Our characters need to get their power back. Kind of going along with that, it seems like Baby's the kind of thing where as long as there's a trace of him somewhere, he seems to be able to like come back out of it. Like, is there a true singular Baby entity? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know the exact answer to that. I feel like there is, but all of the, the eggs and the traces of him effectively serve as the remains of a baby, too. But this makes me think that if it works like a disease or a virus where when you have an antidote that, you know, you still have it in you, it's always going to be there, but just it's just dormant. not active. It's yeah. dormant, right? So the same kind of thing could happen here where mm. uh, they're able to have an antidote of some kind uh, or just some way to negate the effects of baby. And so while they kill off baby, uh, something has to happen to their power, but uh, they, uh, in turn, still have the eggs. It's just the eggs don't do anything or they just, you know, whatever, evaporate, destroy themselves, who cares? But uh, so I'm just like battling with the idea of can they kill baby or not? And I just don't think that within the span of the next four episodes. Yeah. Are you saying four or five? We are going to do four next time. We're going to do episodes 32 through 35. Yep. So I just don't see in four episodes that 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 baby's going to be destroyed just yet. Like, mm. I, I just don't see it because there's so many of these questions that have to get answered. My faith in them answering those questions sufficiently is, <laughs> you know, in question. But but I mean, it's just so difficult to really go beyond Oob's going to fight uh, fight baby. And then while that's happening, uh, Goku's going to train. And so then Goku has to enter the fight at some point. Yep. But in kid right. form, because he can't transform back to an adult. No one has the power to do that. I hope you're, it's more than that. You're just explaining what we know is going to happen. You have to get crazy. What are your crazy predictions? My crazy prediction would have been get the Dragon Balls and get Goku back, but yeah. they can't do that. So, I mean, I can't really... I mean, we have, as you've mentioned before, there are other characters. We still have Yamcha and whatever. But, I mean, granted, they're probably all babies, minions at this point. Right. Maybe they're, in fact, we haven't seen them. Yeah, who knows? So, let's, okay, let me make one crazy one and say that maybe baby's not dead, but but planet plant, right? Well, he said he was going to make a new planet plant, but then he ends up calling it planet Sufuru. So. Okay, yeah. So, that was yeah. weird. Um, So, planet Sufuru, I'm going to say, is, is not going to exist at the end of the four episodes. Okay. I don't know what happens to all those people. I hope they get back, but uh, I'm going to say that Planet Sufuru is is gone. Okay. Um, Earth is fine, obviously. <laughs> that or- Earth is going to explode again. We have a year before Earth explodes. Yeah. So th- I mean, that- we gotta go get those Dragon Balls again. This is so tough. Gotta I mean, find those Dragon Balls. The only other thing that I can don't see- stop until you get them all. All right, I'll let you talk. 
Well, here's the, here's what I'm thinking. The only other thing that would be practical at this point, and I would think would be phenomenal if this actually happened, mm-hmm. because if planet Sufuru is just like Earth, then you move all the Earthlings off of Earth onto planet Sufuru, Earth explodes, but Sufuru is the new Earth. Because why not? There you go. I mean, if it, if it acts the same way, then good. whatever, who cares? So you're predicting that it explodes or everyone moves there or both? Oh, man, if I got to choose between one or the other, <laughs> oh, I'm going to say they move off and Sufuru is the new Earth. All right. Because why not? There I mean, it's not, like, it's not like there's any thing on earth that's, that's attached to these characters that's that's the creative thinking i need jeff i yeah well i had that thought i had that thought as these episodes were ending it's just like they really don't need earth at this point because this other planet kind of makes it look like earth there although funny enough you know we we have to like if we're going to connect this to our current reality where we think of like you know uh are we going to colonize mars and all that and who are they going to take and you know they yeah. have to go up to 100 people in line well, and Jeff, the royal space force is going out there oh man what a scary thought to watch that i mean that was like chilling just to see that scenario happen because you know maybe in our lifetimes we might see that when it comes to mars and all that but like I think I think it would be safe to say in the cartoon world here, let's escape reality. Um, but Sufaru's the New Earth would be a really interesting prospect. I'll go with that. All right. That sounds good. I guess that's going to bring our review here to a close. These were Dragon Ball GT episodes 28 through 31. Uh, as we mentioned, next time on our review, we will do another four episodes. It'll be Dragon Ball GT episodes 32 through 35, continuing onward into our Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness uh it was great to have you guys here for this mary thank you ma'am it's been great revisiting this i have to say revisiting again for the first time for the first time i i go into it kicking and screaming and then we finish and i'm like that was not the worst thing i've ever seen (laughs) uh jeff thank you sir of course you want to plug anything you're here might as well yeah we will have low fidelity coming back soon uh it's been some time since the last episode but you figured out what the problem is yeah i'm so glad but i'm so angry well so let me just uh give some background on that um we had some audio issues with the last recording which is fine because i think it was a bit too ambitious but uh there were some audio glitches so we couldn't really uh make much out of that we will take care of it and put something out i'm gonna take my microphone today and bring it home just to see if i can put <laughs> take something my out microphone, go home <laughs> well just to see if i can put something out in the interim just to have okay. uh, something for our Fair listeners enough. uh and play with uh, a new format maybe i do some reviews of some new stuff that's, that's come out that i've listened to mm-hmm. uh and make that like mini episodes in between um so that might be a new thing that can help pad things out but i do want to uh, return to form and uh put out the episodes that we promised we were going to put out so that's in the making but in the meantime if you want to listen to the episodes that we do have up you can go to our uh, well many places you can follow us with uh we're on twitter as at lo-fi podcast we are on reddit which is slash r slash low underscore fidelity and of course you can find us on itunes and our youtube channel as well podcast on youtube because Apparently people listen to podcasts on YouTube. Been putting it there for years and people keep listening. So I'll, I'll keep putting it there. It's been great. And uh, looking forward to hearing what people have to say about these episodes when we get them up. Nice. Well, that's going to bring it to a close. So www.kanzenshuu.com. That is kanzenshu.com. We got a lot going on right now. Uh, it's actually New Translation Central on Kanzenshu. Stacy wrapped up uh, her first formal long form translation on the site. Uh, I think we mentioned it last time on the show and it was indeed ready. So if you didn't get a chance to read it last time, uh, it's an interview with uh, Kazuhiko Torishima. Great stuff there. Uh, Julian sent me a text as we were recording earlier today. He finally wrapped up his translation of the Akio Ioku interview regarding the new Dragon Ball Super movie. So uh, that entire long form thing will be going up on the website. Uh, lots of good 
stuff going on there. And man, the wiki is going well. Uh, we're going to do a little inside baseball, I think, uh, about that in uh, the coming months. Just catching people up on what the progress is there and some fun things we're learning. Things going great over there. I'm so excited. Uh, everything's going well for Consentry. Everything's coming up Millhouse in 2018 here. Uh, so check that all out. I have been Mike. Uh, I speak here for Julian, for Jake, and for Heath. Uh, the website already gave it to you, consensu.com. This was episode 447 of our podcast. I will see you next time for 448. Everyone have a lovely day, lovely week. See you next time. Blah, blah, blah. This is Konzenshu, the podcast, episode three. Nope, it's 400. Oh, Jesus. Womp, womp. <laughs> that many. Change that right there. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. This is Konzenshu, the podcast, episode 447 for the week of June 20. June, June, June. Wow, Mike. June. <sighs> <clears throat> this is. That's why I do the blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's that it, quick little yep. voice warm to. This is Konzenshu, the podcast, episode 447 for the week of June 24th, 2018. That'll do just fine. That was lovely. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Complete with editing I did it sound last effects. time, the previous episode, too, and I was really angry with myself. I guess it, but Mike, let's be fair. That's one of those phrases where if you recorded it once, you could probably just drop it in in every episode you ever do. I have do. done that. There was something on a recent episode where I forgot what I did. I think I, I said I was going to say the URL of the website, and I didn't. And I went to a previous episode and I sampled that nice. and put it back into the next episode. So, editing. Clever. Magic. Yeah. All right.